On today's show, actress, singer, and the voice of so many of our favorite cartoon characters, including Tommy Pickles, the little rugrat we know and love. Her name, E.G. Daly. It's me, Lisa Stanley, your Rentienta. And today on What Goes On Around Here, we have the tiny but mighty E.G. Daly. You know her for her roles in Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Valley Girl. While her face is recognizable, so is her voice. You know her as Tommy Pickles from Rugrats and Buttercup from the Powerpuff Girls cartoons. Hi, E.G. Daly. Hey, Lisa. Thank you for coming and doing my podcast, What Goes On Around Here. You're so welcome. And we're going to find out what goes on around there with E.G. Daly. All right, uh, full disclosure, as I sometimes have to say, um, we went to high school together. Yeah. And so I've known E.G. for, you know, five years since we graduated. (laughs) Yeah, it was about it was about five years ago, right? We look great. We look really good, don't we? All right, uh, you grew up in L.A. I just mentioned we went to high school. We went to Beverly Hills High together. Yep. Uh, where I knew you, though, as Elizabeth Gutman. Yeah. Uh, how did E G? I know E and the G. What is that? But how did you get to that? Because. Um, Elizabeth Gutman is my real name, and then my brother would call me E.G. because that was like just a little nickname that he came up with because of my real name. And then one day I was at my, when I was just signed to A&M Records and I was at the label, and I think somebody might have heard him say E.G., and they were like, why does he call you that? And I'm like, oh, that's my, you know, my brother calls called me E.G., and they're like, we love that. So from that point on, my name was changed. And where did Daly come from? Daly was a fabricated name from when I was had a commercial agent when I was like eight years old. So literally my mom went to the agency. We had a little commercial agent. She came home that day and said, they want to change your name to Daly because it was the generic good kid's name at the time for commercial. So I was like, cool, different name. And then I became Elizabeth Daly and then... Later, I just I just logged into E.G. Daly. It's such a great name, E.G. Daly. I love that name. All right. Um, you knew pretty young uh, that you wanted to do uh, yeah. acting and be singing yeah. and be in this business. Um, in fact, I think you taught yourself how to play music. Is yeah. that correct? Yes. Good research, Lisa. Um I knew I was going to do it. I just knew. I knew. You I were like eight years old and yeah. you... I picked up a little book on... Um, guitar chords really young I grabbed a little guitar I taught myself to play guitar with like little chords because nowadays you can just do everything on the internet and I I started writing songs when I was really little just started writing poems and then the poems became songs and that was and then I also started dancing like dance was my thing then well, dance when you were in school you yeah, were a remember, dancer you remember I, that sure do that I was, was my dance thing. class <laughs> yeah but and singing was my thing then too Acting, not so much. Like, but you act- did plays. I remember you in the plays at school. I did, but I felt really bad. I felt like a bad actor back then. I just, I felt like I didn't have any skill. Like with acting, you do, you do want to have certain skill. You want to, you want to have certain skill. And for some reason, I was, I felt too self conscious back then to really tap into it. But then later, that was like the key that kind of opened me up to some really deep stuff. Because later, I started getting that. Oh, acting isn't about watching myself. Acting is about pulling myself out from the inside out. You know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't what I, I I had so much obsession on how it looked when I was doing a scene and how how it was coming off and then I started to get oh no no this is about opening yourself up and letting that be seen. And so once I got that How old were you when that you know, uh, happened? It wasn't right away. I mean I it was like 
out of high school, when I started studying more, when I started to really see that, oh my God, this is really heavy. Like this is really deep. This is where you really get to connect. But as a little girl, I hated it. I thought it was all like, hi, my name is Susie. I'm with So So Agency. Like all that kind of little robot, teen, little baby girl, kid thing just felt really unsincere. So for you, singing was the first love and acting you grew into. Yeah, I would say dancing. Dancing because I could dance as little as I was. She's very small, in case you don't know. She's about five feet tall, and she's the cutest little thing. Uh, She's tiny, but she is mighty. I'm not small. I'm just far away. So, yeah, it was sort of like one thing led to the next, and... And I just started to, uh, you know, my my whole thing was about, as I started to get a little older, young, I mean, I worked, my first gig was like, my first big job was I booked um, the leads, the leader of the Angora Debs on a Laverne and Shirley episode when I was like 15. That was a 14 or 15. And that was a monumental thing because I'd been going on auditions from the time I was eight years old until I, until 15 and 16. And I was like, never booked one thing. So I just thought you go, you came close though. Yeah. Never nothing. Really? Zero. Not even a call back? Zippity doo da. Yeah. And nothing, not one. And I just started thinking like, and my mom was like, surprisingly like a pretty much of a stage mom in that she was this little French European lady who just for some reason grabbed onto me and would take me to all these auditions. But I didn't book any of them. And I just sort of thought, well, that's probably what you're supposed to do is you just go on auditions. I never even thought you had to book the job. But then I woke up one day and was like, what the hell am I doing? This is a waste of my time. And then I got real serious. And then I booked that Laverne and Shirley. And that was like, oh, wow, this is like, this was a real, this was a really good time. I got to transform who I was. I got to be somebody different. That felt more comfortable to me sometimes, like changing my voice felt more comfortable for me than. Yeah, you say that. uh, I think I think you say this, that as a little kid, uh, you did uh, you had a little boy living inside of you your whole life. Yeah. And that you would do these baby voices, which you, of course, turned out to make a heck of a living doing, um, which we're going to get to. But (laughs) as a child, you were doing these little voices and didn't think anything of it. Right. Well, that's what I always say. I always say like Pay attention to those little things you do when you're a kid. Like you might have some strange little, like my nephew. My nephew is um, Robin Banks, who's amazingly talented. He has a little boy. He used to go through the alleys and he used to collect junk from trash cans and would be like, Robin, that's so disgusting. What are you doing? And he'd be like, he was this little wild little kid who would run around in the alleys. Well, and you know what junk. they say, though. What? Uh, One man's junk tra- is another yeah. treasure. Well, yes. apparently, because what that was was. And luckily, my brother and my sister-in-law really nurtured that part of him. And what they did was they let him bring the junk around, and then he started building things. And today, he's one of the top um, creator inventors for, like, he does major movies, and he does music videos, and he does, like, major music videos, like, you know. Did he do your video? Um, Which we're going to talk about. He didn't do this one, but he did design some of the set for one of my daughter's videos, Tyson's video. So now he's like this genius, like mad scientist inventor and people go to him and he makes a living at this. He's one of the most incredible designers. So what I'm saying is, is you go back to when you're a kid and you notice those things that we do as a kid. And for me, it was like I did little weird voices. I was like, what was your first voice? I don't like that guy. He's not, he's not very nice. I don't like him. And it's like you go to that little weird voice and then all of a sudden one day I get this audition 
you know, it was my first audition ever in my life as a voice actor. I'd actually been doing a play and I got to change my voice around because in the play, every round of the play, I was a different age. It was about a female wrestler. And some guy heard me handing me his card. He's like, you're unbelievable with your voice. And I was like, oh, thanks. You know, I didn't know anything about the voice. I never grew up saying like, I want to be a famous cartoon when I get older. No, that wasn't on your peripheral No, I was all. winning Academy Awards in my bedroom and <laughs> doing my speeches. And I was, you know, I was doing my Grammy speeches since I was little that was not one of my speeches i was doing like thank you for this amazing annie award you know i was just that I, what they're called the, the annie, annie awards. awards they're great yeah and uh, it's honoring all the voice people it's amazing but i wasn't doing that i just it was something i did for fun but then that turned out to be the goose that laid the golden egg no i said kidding. yes to this one audition my first agent i got from the play he handed me his card he's like you should do this voiceover stuff and i was like okay cool you know i didn't want to be disrespectful because i always think you know, I, I did a one-woman show. I talked about offshoots. Like We're going to talk taps, about all Yeah, of it's like I just, he just handed me his card. He's like, go on this audition. You know, I think you're really, your voice is really special. And you you have this uncanny ability to mimic and imitate, which I always kind of knew I had, but I didn't think anything of it because it was like natural. First audition, I go in for this little character. I almost didn't go in on it because they were replacing the carpet in my apartment that day. And I was like, guys, you know, I told my agent, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to make it on this one, but I'll go in on the next one. And he's like, no, I think you should go in on this one. I was like, no, these guys are putting carpet in and I might make, they might rob me. I should, I'm supposed to stay here. The guy said, stay here with the workers. And I was like, okay. So I told these lovely guys, I said, guys, I'll be back in 20 minutes. Please don't rob me. You know, I'll be right back. <laughs> I ran to this audition I read for it. I had no expectations. I had no concepts about how to do voiceover. So I had no like preconceived anything. I just knew those voices I did since I was a little kid. And when they showed me the claymation of this little character, I was like, that little character has big lips and a funny mouth. Sounds like this character. I don't know. I'm not really sure what we're doing. Maybe we have to go glass to go see Ra. Tommy Pickle started to come out of my voice. And then suddenly we're looking for Raptor. And then suddenly like Jeez. this voice came out and then they I booked that job and it was I mean, my right first audition there, you it was probably my first job it. it was my well I left I didn't know I ran back to my house to handle my carpet and then my agent con said you did a really good job they love you and I was like cool great I didn't think anything of it and then I ended up booking and that was Rugrats and that was like 15 years of my life unbelievable crazy right and then from that Powerpuffs uh, yeah and then it was Buttercup. Jungle Cub Powerpuff Girls um it was just uh, Julius Jr. was, you know, I did Babe and Babe 2. I did Happy Feet, Baby Mumble, yeah. Happy Feet 1, Happy Feet 2. It just started to, it it just spiraled into like, you know, eight series a week. You like doing Buttercup though because she's feisty. I like Buttercup because she doesn't take any shit. Can I say that yeah, one? Yeah, you sure can. I can say shit. I don't <laughs> can know Buttercup the, say I don't that? know if the network would like that, but I sure like it. Um, yeah, um... Yeah, Buttercup is a really fun character, but they're both kind of have a lot in common. Like, Tommy Pickles is sweet, but he's a hero. He's like a little leader in a gentle way, and Buttercup is like feisty. But the common thread is that we always need a little tribe around us, so we all have our little tribe. So you have uh, two beautiful daughters. You were married to people probably will remember Rick uh, Solomon. Rick Solomon um, from, well, I'm just going to say it, from Paris Hilton, (laughs) uh, the infamous sex tape. I believe that was your ex-husband and her boyfriend at the time on that tape. And you two were married for quite some time and are still very friendly. And you share two beautiful children. So when you started doing these voices like Buttercup and Tommy Pickles, the kids, I imagine, were very young. They weren't 
even here yet. I mean, I actually was in labor during Rugrats on one of them. Is that right? Oh, yeah, it's on tape. They have me on tape going, I don't know, Chucky, I don't like clowns. Hold, please. Uh, and then it'd be like, okay, next next line. And it wasn't it was the engineer of that session who actually was like, um, E. G., you're having these like contractions a lot. I'm like, no, I'm okay. Doctor says I'm not I'm not in labor. And they're like, Well, they're coming pretty quick. We're timing you in here. And the next thing you know, that night I had one of my daughters. So my babies were coming during the whole Rugrats thing. I got married during Rugrats. We all kind of did. Like we were all having babies, we we're all getting married, we we're all having breakups. It was a beautiful family affair. I want to um, bring this up. I I hope it's okay, um, because this is a a big memory for me and my friendship with you growing up. And that was when you were dating. uh, I know you know what I'm going to say. John Eric Hexum. And um, Crystal's here with us today, um, helping me with my podcast. Hi, Crystal. This is a a, a crazy story, and I'd like you to tell the story. Uh, My memory is that he was shooting a show called Cover Up or something like that. Mm -hmm. There was a prop gun on the set. Mm -hmm. The boys were playing Russian roulette for fun or doing something, Mm -hmm. and the gun went off and it killed him. Yeah. Is is that the way the story goes? I mean, basically, it's there's a little tiny piece of the story that was a little bit vague, but uh, I actually was with him like a half hour before that happened. I I wasn't even supposed to be with him. I was just, I was supposed to have lunch with Debbie Foreman, the lead girl in Valley Girl. We were supposed to have lunch and I called her and was like, I gotta, I think I gotta go see John Eric. He's been, you know, stressed and I think I'm going to go see him on the set. I'm going to cancel. We'll do lunch another day. And I went there and hung out with him. And literally 30 minutes later, I get this random call that he had shot himself and go rush to the hospital. He had hurt himself. He hurt. No, the message was, and actually it was Michael T. Williamson, who's a great actor, who called me on the set and said, from the set and said, um, you better get to the hospital. John Eric hurt his head. And so to me, I thought, fell down. You know, I thought he bumped his head. And I thought, okay, well, and we were supposed to leave that night for the Circus of the Stars in Vegas. So I thought, well, should I pack still first? And they said, just get to the hospital. So I threw my stuff in a bag, threw it in the car, and thinking we were still going to go to the Circus of the Stars in Vegas that night. And then I get to the hospital, and I actually came in through a rear entrance, and this, the crew was in the lobby, and there was, like, one guy praying, and another guy was, like, you know, it was a weird, it was a very surreal moment, and then that was the beginning of a of a really a very challenging moment. And then, you know, they did surgery and they put me in a private room because press was like going crazy. And then he had, yeah, he was he playing was with the prop a gun. He was guy. playing with it, which yeah. is very like John Eric. He was always playing like cops and robbers and jumping around and he loved army men and loved the whole, like there was something there about guns and armies. So I think it was very interesting that he ended up passing away from something like that. But yeah, he put the prop gun up against his temple if the prop gun was probably an inch or two away from his temple, he probably would be around today. But because there's enough gunpowder wax and paper in a blank like that, if you put it against the temple, it literally shot a piece of his skull through the middle of his brain. And that's what did him in. So it was kind wow. of a crazy thing. So, yeah. And you guys were so in love, I remember. I was really in love with him. Oh, yeah, I remember. It was a young... It was a. We were devastated. All the girls at school for you. Yeah, we were devastated for yeah. you. We didn't even know what to say. Yeah, I didn't know what to say. I, I didn't mean, want to see anybody actually at that period of time. No, I sort you, of hid you away. didn't even come back to school. I just kind of like. It was weird. Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't want all that kind of weird attention. I You're was right. like, oh god, this is like weird. And I kind of processed it all. Oh, it took a long time to process it all because it was, it was a weird, monumental thing to go through that young. Yeah. And. uh 
I was dealing with. Did it shape you in your future? Like, did it? It kind of did because I learned a lot from John Eric. I learned a lot of things from him in that during that whole period of the show, he was obsessed with the show. He was obsessed with going on all the location shoots. He was obsessed with being involved in every inch, which is great. However, he was so wound up that he couldn't calm down. And I remember I remember writing in my journals, he's like a time bomb ticking, and I don't know when he's going to go off. And that's what I wrote, read, but looking back in my journals. And then, you know, I just kept thinking, and I kept saying to him, like, well, what? he kept saying, like, it's not happening fast enough. It's not happening fast enough. I rem- And I put all this in a one-woman show that I did on my website. Yeah, it's called Listen Closely. That. But I kept saying, what's not happening fast enough? And it's like... You know, sometimes you got to slow down because fast enough could be leaving the planet. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like slow the F down and yeah. enjoy your life is the message I got from him that age. So well, it was that's like a pretty good message that message. Uh, you got. Powerful message. All right. Let's talk about you just brought it up. You're uh, you performed a one woman stand up comedy hour about your life and careers, both the ups and yeah. the downs. Yeah. Were you scared? Was it scary? I mean, it was terrifying because I was completely, radically honest about every single thing. Everything in it was true. Did you talk about John Eric? Yeah, in the- I, and I reenacted that whole day. I reenacted. And not only that, but I had written some music while he was in a coma. There's a song called um, Just For You. That was a night that I knew the night before they were going to pull the plug on him. And I had been with him by his side the entire time. The night they were going to pull the plug on him, I literally felt him. I felt him leaving his body and I went outside that night and it was windy like the wind came out of nowhere and I sat on the steps and I just kind of did a little like talking to God talking to my talking to myself talking to the air and I felt the wind and I wrote the song based on that night that I felt like I could feel him in the winds that night and he was angry because he wasn't ready to go and then I wrote that song and I actually put all the music that I wrote from and during the time periods into the whole woman show so like any of the things I was going through and explaining about during the one-woman show, which is called Listen Closely, all the music is autobiographical, and it's all inlaid into the show. So it was, it was pretty powerful. Do you think you might reprise that and do it again? Or Honestly, it, too much? it was so much. It's yeah. an hour and 15 minutes of me running around, jumping. I'm ba- basically naked through the whole thing. I'm wearing like a bra and a little like booty shorts type <laughs> thing because part of it was just being naked being naked from the inside out as far as my where I come from and my truth and being naked as a person. It was like it all kind of wrapped around just being radically honest. And I, I don't think I would redo that one because I did it, but I would do something different, more current stuff, more current. So you're going to love this, Crystal. Um, she was actually part of the smelly cat on Friends. What? Yeah. <laughs> smelly cat, smelly cat, what? Are they feeding you, smelly she, cat, smelly cat? It's not your fault. Yeah. When she goes professional, is that? Well, it was the one where I played her uh, her best friend songwriting partner who steals her smelly cat song oh for a gosh. jingle. Yes, yeah, the I jingle. played Phoebe's friend. Yeah, it was pretty fun. You that know, Friends is making a huge resurge on. Oh. Is it Netflix, Crystal? Yeah, Netflix. Awesome. Crystal's twenty five, and so with girls, with girls, uh, yeah. Crystal's age, they are living. The millennials are yeah. living for Friends. Yeah. I'm okay. sure they're going to see that. It's a episode. really great show. Yeah, I have so to well watch. Yeah, have to yeah, it was great. My favorite thing about that show was when I got to the set. I, I just had a baby when I did that show. When I got to the set, 
they called me. They're like, "Can you go to this Warner Brothers tonight at eight o'clock? They they have to replace someone that was that were they were using, and they they need somebody." Yeah, Christine Cavanaugh, right? I don't think Chris was. No, I replaced Christine Cavanaugh, Babe, too. Oh, now, okay. this is another actor. For, I don't know what happened, why it didn't work, but they needed somebody who could sing, play guitar, be on the show. So they literally called me that night at eight, and I drew. I got there. I'm like, "Are you sure you gotta go there?" Right? And I just had a baby and with a bassinet in hand and a guitar in the other, and I walked <laughs> in and started singing, and then I read the scene, and then I was on the set the next morning. And the greatest thing about that was I got to to work with Robbie Benson, who was my director on that show. And I always had a crush on Robbie Benson because of Ice Castles. So. That's it. I was yeah, just right? going to say Ice Castles. So, so, he made me. He was dreamy. He made me want to cry. Oh with, with man, that I could watch Benson Ice Castles. Voice. And how about that song? Oh my god. So oh my god. Yeah. That was the greatest. And then speaking of songs, did you sing? The theme song to Two and a Half Men? I do, yeah, I do. The oh men, gosh. men, 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 menly men. Yeah, that was me too. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's, funny, it's amazing the voice <laughs> behind everything Thanks. and and look at how tiny and cute this right. and then you went on to do some real stuff you yeah. made a few albums uh you were in rod stewart's young turks yeah video. that was great trivia good girl that was so much fun <laughs> tell us yeah. about that i was in you know that song patty gave birth to a ten, ten baby i was always a great huge fan of rod stewart's i just because i kind of have an edgy voice but well, raspy was, like yeah a little raspy bit and um I think I was in Vegas at the time at a Pia Zadora concert. And I think a guy I was seeing or hanging out with was her somebody's stage manager or director. And uh, what's his name? The guy. Oh, my God. Whatever. This guy who directs videos and he was directing that video. He came up to me and he was like, do you want to be in this Rod Stewart video? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, Could anything. you imagine someone? Like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> And I'm I was gonna like, wash my hair. It was so great. My hair's all dark. My natural hair, Jufro color. I loved it. And it was all wild. And and it was really a magical bit of trivia. And it was kind of the first set of videos that started to come out when they were doing music videos. Right. So it was awesome. I got to jump around in cars. And I was Patty gave birth to a 10-pound baby boy. I was Patty. And, and <laughs> yeah, right. Isn't that great? Yeah. And you say, along with Rod, Tina Turner and Carol King, big influences on you. Yeah. I mean... Singer-songwriters, you know, Joni Mitchell, like, if you guys don't know her, for the younger generation, you want to learn how to write songs, I would listen to all these people like James Taylor, Carol King, Joni Mitchell. My brothers and sisters were older than me, so How I, many you have? There's four five total? of us all together. All right, four. And I'm the and baby, you, yeah. yeah. And all around our house was James Taylor, Stevie Wonder, Carol King, Stevie Wonder, like, oh my God, that man is He's like, amazing. his songs are so profoundly beautiful and I mean, just all of them. They're brilliant artists. So they were all like the people that kind of kind of really grew me into the song, singer-songwriter that I think I am today because I really love writing what's happening and how you're feeling. And that's why I love country music so much. Yeah, tells yeah. great stories. Yeah. Um, she's had, you've had great success. Uh, you, you hit number one on the Hot Dance uh, Music Club play Thanks. chart, right? Yeah. And you charted on say the it, Billboard. Say it. Say yeah. it, say it. And you charted on the Billboard Hot 100 with yeah, Say It, Say yeah, It. Yeah, thanks. So you've done pretty good. Then in uh, uh, 2013, this is going to floor Crystal. I don't even know what you're going to talk about. What happened then? I'm going to oh, tell man. you. In 2013, what? this is going to floor Crystal. I don't know yet. <laughs> you were a contestant on The Voice. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> right. Fifth season, two judges turned. Who were yeah. they? It was uh, CeeLo and Blake. Blake Shelton. Yeah. Oh, now, here's oh another. Gosh. Here's something really interesting about that. So, like... 
my sister would be like, are you watching The Voice? Are you watching The Voice? I'm like, nah, and I didn't start watching it. And then she got me watching it. And I was like, this is an amazing show. I love The Voice. Because, yeah, and it really ties into my whole movement right now, which is called the So Pretty Movement, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. But it really tied into, like, I love that it has nothing to do with how you look. It has to do with your talent and yeah. your voice and your ability to reach right, someone. Right, because it's, with it's your a blind voice. audition. Right. And I'm all about the voice. I'm about the voice for cartoons. I'm about the voice for singing. I'm about the voice for all my animated cartoons. And I'm about the voice for speaking up on things that matter. Messages. Yeah. So I started really watching the voice. And I remember sitting in my living room just thinking really lightly, like, I think I'd, I'd want to be on Team Blake. And it was that simple. It was like, I think I'd want to be on Team Blake. He's so funny. And that was my thought. And then cut to... I'm nearing the end of my 40s and I started to have like some midlife crisis stuff happening and I started to feel really like, is it silly that I keep keep having this desire to do my music and desire to do songs and desire to keep putting new music out there? Is it silly? And I was having this own internal battle and also had some people around me were like, ah, just put all your attention now on your children and helping them thrive, which I do 100% anyway. And I started to really cave in. I started to really feel like my heart started to shut down. And I started to believe that. And something happened was I started to have anxiety. And anxiety is a really bad feeling for any anybody have anxiety say, I do. I, I do. It's a really bad <laughs> feeling. Oh, I never sure. had it like that. And it was really bad. It was devastating. And what happened was I it, it set me on this surge of really deep-rooted growing. And I started to write a lot of things about how I felt about things. And I started to realize, like, you can never give up on what you love and what you desire because you will basically die. Like, your soul starts to die. Your heart's... If you wither away. No matter what you love to do, you better keep doing it. And so that's what happened out of that time period. And then I started saying yes to... Shonda Rhimes, what's her name? Shonda Rhimes, who wrote the book about Say Yes. Say Yes. Right? Yes. She wrote these great books. You guys should check it out. She's a brilliant, brilliant, talented woman. You know who Shonda Rhimes is. Grey's Anatomy. She's created all these shows. She's pretty much, uh, now she's going to be Netflix's golden goose. I mean, if she's out there, Shonda, girl, we got to hang because she's one of my heroes. (laughs) I mean, seriously, her and Oprah are my my heroes. But she wrote that book and I read it and it was all about say yes to things. And that was the beginning of, right? Yeah, I've heard of the book. I started saying yes to everything and anything that had to do with what I so loved. So how did you get to the audition? I'll tell you that. So what happened was I just started saying yes, and I was doing this show. A girlfriend of mine asked if I'd sing on this show called Balcony TV. They have it all over the world. It's called Balcony TV LA here. And I was just starting to sing again, and she goes, would you sing a song on my show? And I was like, oh, I haven't put my band back together yet. Give me a little time. She's like, no, I need you now. Would you do it now? And I was like... Uh, okay, yes, yes, say yes. So I did it. I did one song, which was scary because I hadn't been singing. I hadn't been picked up a guitar in a little while. And I did it. And then she called me up re- af- right after that, said, we loved your balcony. And then she said, would you, would you, um, I, she goes, would you mind hosting some of our balcony shows? And I was like, I would love to do that. So interviewing amazing talent from all over the world. And we started doing it at my house because I have a balcony. Go look it up, Balcony TVLA. And we started doing it at my house. And the next thing you know, that same woman said, I hope you're not mad at me, but I got you an audition for The Voice. And I was like, are you crazy, girl? <laughs> what? Are you crazy? I was like, I can't do the voice. I'm like, I'm gonna be like some old lady on the voice. Like, hell no. I'm like embarrassed. My kids are gonna be embarrassed, call me like a geek. You know, they like I didn't know what my kids were gonna think because they were gonna be like, Mom, you know, what are you doing? And I care about what my kids think because I, I, I wanna well, I wanna you have put, a wonderful relationship we with We have your a children. great relationship. And then they and then but they didn't do that. And I said yes to my friend and I went to that audition because I said, I have to say yes to this because 
it's coming to me. It was one of those easy things that just came to me, and I went and I did well in that first audition, and I had went well in the second. It was like a four or five month process, and I ended up getting on Team Blake. And I remember sitting, going out wow. on the stage when we actually filmed it, and you you can see it if you look up E.G. Daly's The Blind Audition, my blind audition. I, I watched saying, it live. Oh my god, <laughs> did you really? <laughs> Girl, you, you don't even know. Like I remember walking out there on that stage. They handed me the microphone, and suddenly, instead of being on the other side of the audience, like from the TV's perspective in the back of chairs. I was in the front looking at the people sitting in the chairs and something was so, I was on that stage. If you look at my eyes, I was like, holy fuck. Like that I was what like, I said yeah. when I, I saw you come out there. I couldn't I believe like, it. What? I was like, what? That's believe- EG? Yeah, I really, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was like, but I was so proud of myself because I was scared because I thought there was that moment where I was thinking, I was thinking, why is she doing that? Like, why is she need to do that? And the only reason why I needed to do that was because I love singing. That was it. It wasn't like I didn't need the fame. I already have like a successful, blessed career. Thank God. I didn't need any of it, but I love. Well, you were I, already doing the cartoons. I was doing everything. I've done. I've done. I've had a really blessed career. Like I honestly, I feel really proud of the work I've done. But this was just the universe saying. You did good because you didn't stop doing what you loved. And here's rewards to tell you that. And that was what it was. It was about my own journey of saying, you can never give up on what you love to do because you will crash. You will crash and burn and probably get anxiety. Yeah, but then you got knocked out in the knockout rounds right. uh, well, singing a Bonnie Raitt song, I think. Yeah, what happened was it's a little bit more loaded than that. The truth was my one of my daughters was having a rough period and... It was really tough, and we would. I was sequestered in a hotel, but I would have my friends drive her over to me in the car, and I would sit with her and hold her in the car. And she was just going through a pre a teen uh, difficult time, and and I think I was I hadn't slept the whole night before, and I was worried about her. And if I'd have made it past, I would have been sequestered a lot longer. And I don't think my kid could have handled it at that point. So you threw it. I didn't throw it. I just think subconsciously I sabotaged the whole thing. I just felt like my kid was the most important thing to me. Wow. And I just think the whole thing, I really felt myself going like, I didn't know where she was the night before. She was just like in teen mode and I was worried. Whatever it was, it was a tough period and I just knew my kid needed me and that was going to take priority. And I think I just subconsciously sabotaged the whole thing. Did anything come from it? I mean, did uh, did. Did it pay off in any way other than you got your your personal? Yes. Well, yeah, it did. I got a lot of. I had a did a lot of press. I did a lot of really cool, um, just interviews and blogs and things. And I also um, I did book some jobs from it, but it wasn't it wasn't like that. It was more of just uh, it made me current again. It was like, oh wow, she really can sing and. And it just made me current. You yeah, know? people people don't really realize you've done over forty films. Wow, I mean, wow. I did 40 yeah, films? over yeah, you've done over forty mm-hmm. films. Uh, Valley Girl, well, Pee Wee's yeah. Big Adventure. Uh, of course, you yeah. mentioned Babe uh, to the Pig, which was your voice. Yeah, yeah. But the other movies you acted in, we saw yeah. you in Valley Girl. Yeah. We saw you yeah. in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, I can't. You want to continue doing acting, or we're going to talk now about your singing mm-hmm. because you've um, got this new song and this oh, new yeah. movement. Yay. And let's uh, let's talk about it. Um, okay, and just quick to answer your question is, I love acting. I mean, that's one of my f- top loves, too. It's right up there with singing. And I do a lot of on-camera. Still today, I do a lot of guest stars on things. I do a lot of features, 
Rob Zombie movies. So it's just one of my loves. And the beauty of acting is I'm now merging into moms and doctors and ladies. And so I love that. I just now I can be just a woman at my age being a woman at my age. And know? who are your uh, mentors in the acting? I think you once said Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep is like to me the epitome of like one of the most incredible character actresses of all time. I mean, she's just I love people who can be versatile. That's sort of the the realm of the way I like to work is just I like to transform. I like to change my looks. If you go see Rob Zombie's Devil's Rejects and then you go see Rob Zombie's uh, 31 and then you go see me in like Mothers and Daughters, I just change myself around a lot. And that's my game. That's and my favorite thing. Speaking of the game, you, you being Tommy Pickles and being Buttercup and being all these yeah. uh, cartoon characters now, especially you're a big influence on children. Yeah. I so love that. what is the pre- what? Yeah. What's the pressure like? Um, is there well, pressure? Well, there's certain times where I just have to be very appropriate. And then there's certain times where, um, like if I'm doing a Rob Zombie movie, it's pretty crazy and wild and scary. And I, but I really, I, I have to say at some point is I am here to be a messenger and an actor. And I, I'm here to transform myself to do art that I can get do for people. That's my mission here. So I can't be responsible for every parent making sure their kid is not watching stuff that's not rated per right correctly for them so i hope that the parents are taking care of their kids and i do my part with children and being appropriate and but when it comes to like actually doing a a movie that's a little bit crazy or wilder versus a child thing i can't protect i have to make sure the kid the kids are being protected by their parents for that absolutely because i have nothing but respect for the babies um you were so you were saying about my new project let's talk about your passion piece if you will yeah uh so pretty yeah, this is so the single and a fabulous video, which I told you this already. It's available on iTunes, everybody. Um, I especially love in the video. Everybody check the video out because it's so cool. There's a, a shot, a, quite a few shots of yeah. you. If you could explain to people, your face has a bunch of markings all over it. Yeah. For those of us who get fillers or injectables or even plastic surgery, <laughs> that's what the doctors do to your face before they inject you or cut you open is they draw things all over your <laughs> face of what areas. So in this video that she did for So Pretty, which I want you to explain the movement to everybody, yeah. that it's not just about being pretty on the outside it's really about what's going on in the inside and to prove that you were making fun of i believe yeah uh all the work that people do to their face well hey you know what i i do it too uh, i do i'm hello, not i'm not me. really i'm not judging any of it because everybody wants to look good and and but the thing is you have to remember botox and all those things started because uh not i can't say for sure but i mean it started because people were getting it wrinkly and they wanted a simple solution to just kind of keeping themselves looking a little better. Well, actually, Botox was created for migraines, for, for migraines and vocal uh, cord yeah. issues. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then one day a doctor injected it into a head uh, for the migraine and then found out it froze all the it's muscles crazy, and nerves. Right? Yeah. And then we were all benef- we all benefited That's from it. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, like <laughs> I, I'm all about like grooming and wanting to look good and keep yourself, take care of yourself. I mean, the that's a beautiful thing because that shows self-care, you know, wanting to look good on the insides, wanting to work out, wanting to take care of your body. Those are all beautiful things. But what the So Pretty uh, so pretty movement is, is that basically we've spent so much time in this bottom, bottomless pit of trying to make the outsides look good that we're missing uh, the work that needs to be done on the inside so that you feel good on the outside. Because no matter how good you look on the outsides, you won't feel it unless you're feeling good on the inside. And that is where I'm trying to put the emphasis on, like, we have to encourage each other to do more, really filling ourselves up, filling up 
ourselves with fillers on the inside as far as filling ourselves up with self-care and nurturing and saying like, you know, do meditations and affirmations like you can just put your hand on your heart and on your tummy and say, I love you. I love you. I, I am listening to you. Meaning when we're hearing ourselves, when we're honoring ourselves and honoring when ourselves are saying, I don't like that person. That person doesn't make me feel safe or I don't feel comfortable with that job. That job is making me feel um, uh, worthless. So those people are not respecting me. That's the work that has to be done so that you can feel your beauty on the outside. And that's what the So Pretty campaign is all about is just all of us need to embrace ourselves on a, on a much more gentle, loving way. And, and, and so that you you can feel your outsides. You can feel how beautiful you are, but beauty is an inside job. You know, beautiful is how you treat people, is how you, you know, how you treat people. It's how you, you know, are there for people, how you can get off yourself and and be of service to someone else. That is beauty. And I think we need to focus more on that so that you can enjoy your outside beauty too. I mean, I'm not... Let's take a second here and listen to a little bit of So Pretty. Why gotta be so pretty? That's the message yeah. that you're trying to convey. I, I, I'm assuming you wrote the song. <laughs> yeah, I wrote the song with two partners of mine. They're amazing. And the thing is, like, I wasn't even planning to, like, have a song out right now. I was just writing for, like, soundtrack and TV, which I do. Do you write for other artists? Yeah, I'm totally Ooh. great. Well, I've, I, I mean... I just submit songs and whoever wants to do them can do them. I can't say right now who, but I'll just literally write songs and I submit like them to the, the past to who, who um, sang your songs. I, I sometimes I don't even know. I just get, I get, I just get checks, you know, I don't know sometimes where they go. Sometimes I, I think Celine Dion actually cut one of my songs. She wow. changed it to French lyrics, but the song called love in the shadows a long time ago, she recut in French, but half the time, I don't know. I just get checks. I'll get like a royalty check and I don't know who's using it. A lot of the times, to be honest though, you care. No, I love it. Are you kidding? I love it. Um, a lot of the times they'll use my versions of songs for film and TV and soundtracks. I get a lot, a lot of my own songs in different films and soundtracks. So, like, but I, give us a film that we would recommend. like. Well, I always have songs in like the Rugrats soundtrack. I had a song called in the Thornberry Rugrats. I had a song called uh, Changing Faces because it was wild. kind of like, yeah, I had this song that I wrote called Changing Faces that was all about, you know, they did this whole thing with the two characters I don't know I just thought the song was right I submitted it and they were like oh my god this is perfect so I always submit stuff for films I, I had a song in Mothers and Daughters I think I had two songs I think I had one I got one of my daughter's songs in there too but I had songs in that thing I had songs in I sing in Babe I don't know if I wrote that one but I get a lot of songs and a lot of sound I do. I actually had songs in the Scarface soundtrack going what? way back and Breakfast wow. Club that's amazing yeah so I've, I've had songs and soundtracks my whole career and that's what music another. will we find on your phone Besides um, yours, I hope. You know, you'll find like you'll find like a lot of soundtrack scores. Like, you know what's a beautiful piece of music is uh what's the Tom Hanks movie? Uh Forrest Gump. Yeah, the Forrest Gump soundtrack is so lovely. But I'm a really big fan of score and soundtracks. Like I am so moved by music in the realm of just like listening to because music can makes you feel things, you know. Yeah. So I, I like that. You'll find I don't know, you'll find Coldplay. I did a cover a song called um uh trying of a lifehouse song i think lifehouse is a great band and uh, talk about fate i did this lifehouse song and 
I cut it because I loved it so much and I put it at the end of my one woman show, their version. And then I later recorded it because I thought it'd be good to have my own version. And then I did a video on it because I love the song so much. Go find that. It's called Trying and it's on, you can find all my videos on EG Daily's YouTube. Subscribe to that. But it was so um, magical. But was I can't remember the point. I was like, I just tangent off. <laughs> I tangent it off. Anyway, uh, soundtracks. Yeah. Anyway, we were so about I got, what you like I got on a your ton phone. of song. Yeah, you you'll find every kind of music on my phone. I like Coldplay, and I like uh, Billie Eilish. She's a young new artist. I know That's, who she is. She's brilliant. I love what she's doing. I, I like every kind You're of eclectic. Mu- I like country. I like yeah. I'm eclectic. Yeah, You're definitely eclectic for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and your kids sing right? Oh my god, my kids are unbelievable. So Hunter, my one daughter, just did a. Uh, a packed house at the Peppermint Club, which is this really cool club in LA. She just did an amazing set. She writes all her own songs. We write some together, um, and she's she just is an amazing singer songwriter. She's an actress, so she's starting to book a lot of now get more acting. And my other daughter, Tyson, is mostly strictly just an actress, singer, and she's a recording artist. She has the most amazing music videos you've ever seen, which she does with her boyfriend. We call him Salty State. You can find them both. Tyson and my daughter Tyson is I Am Not My Tyson. And my daughter Hunter is The Hunter Daily on Instagram. And they're both doing the most incredible music and music video projects it's and they it's followed right in your footsteps isn't crazy, it unbelievable right? and believe me i wasn't like pushing for that i bet anything. you weren't <laughs> no, no i, really I bet wasn't. you weren't but i of course i just want them to be and do what they are you know i don't think you should ever impose your ideas on any human i think you should just nurture what they are like a bulb i would say like a flower bulb you don't know what kind of flower is going to pop out of this little round ball right this What's little brown bloom, right this little brown wall brown brown ball and it turns into something so i think just let it grow so, okay, so uh, so pretty, iTunes, everybody, yeah, go, to go to iTunes, iTunes, download the song, check out the video, what's next for you? Uh, we also have, like, if anybody, uh, some of those of you guys that know me that want to participate in the So Pretty movement, we do have a Kickstarter that's going on right now. It's only got, uh, I think, two more weeks to jump in, but there's a lot of cool perks, so there's been some a lot of fans that are, like, um, that on the Kickstarter, there's perks, like, if you, if you want to... F- uh, pledge. You, there's things going to be like a private dinner with me and my tribe. There's going to be like a luncheon with a and a You can talk about anything you're interested in talking about that I can support you on. There's just a bunch of perks. So if you guys want to join How do in. How do they do that? The Kickstarter is all, I think all this is on um, uh, I've posted on Twitter. Twitter is real EG Daily. Instagram is real EG Daily. But there's links um, or you can just go to Kickstarter and look up EG Daily. But there's a lot of fun perks. So if What's you're your a fan, website? Um, it's egdaily.com and that way we can meet you and that way you guys can be part of building the movement because to me it's like I'm not on a label but I thought it'd be way more fun to let people be participating in in the process so if they're investing into it then they're actually a part of the process so we're making it kind of open we're not asking for a lot of money because it's not really about that it's more about letting people have the opportunity to join in how cool is that it's fun and what about acting projects or voices anything going on yeah well as you guys know they just did a big announcement that Rugrats is getting a reboot which is pretty monumental and will Tommy Pickles reboot well, I would hope so. I mean, Tommy really likes Rugrats and that's his family. And so we're hoping that, that that's what happens. But I don't know for sure yet. That's all I got to say. Anyway, so. Is that uh, hard to do? No. It's not hard for you no, to do that? No. Because your your voice looks like it's straining when no, you're doing that. No, it's not. It's the cutest thing I ever heard. This is awesome. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just the cutest thing ever.
Thanks so much. I mean, honestly, you're just adorable. So fun. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Rugrats is coming back, which is pretty unbelievable. I don't know exactly what I'm, where I'm at yet with it, but I, I'm sure it's going to be amazing, and I'm looking forward to being a part of it if that's what happens, and I would, you know, we'll see what happens well, with I that. can't imagine Tommy no. Pickles not being no, part no, of No, no, no. Right, but, uh, but all I know right now is it is coming back, and we're all super excited. It's going to be unbelievable. And then I've got a new show called Nub and, uh, called Maddie and Friends that I'm a producer on and I do the lead for that. And it's just this brilliant preschool show that I'm producing. And then I've got another show I'm working on. There's a lot of things I'm um, producing on, but um, let me think what else is coming up right now. Uh, um, yeah, some probably some new movie projects I'm, I'm looking into. I'm looking forward to doing some more guest stars on some TV shows. That's always really fun. And just really enjoying my kids and their journey too right now. And the movement. Yeah. The movement is huge. The movement. Join the So Pretty campaign. It's amazing. Go to Kickstarter, find EG Daily, pledge whatever you want. It could be big or small, and you'll get something either way. You you can get um, the one woman show from that. Pledging that you can get a handwritten lyric sheet, or there's a whole bunch of things, big and small. You can just get a piece of EG. You can Daily. just get a piece if you want. <laughs> Come have dinner with me, but yeah, it's a really beautiful thing, and um, and just uh, I just kind of want to reach into everyone and just tell them that I love them and that that um. You know, everything everything works out, but make sure you have a tribe around you to support you. That's kind of where I'm at. I just want to wrap my arms around everyone and just say, you know, we all love you from the inside out. I uh, I didn't ask you this earlier, but I do want to ask you this now. First of all, let's just talk one second about John Kerwin, a guy you used to date <laughs> that, for, that I couldn't believe it. I was doing some research and uh, up came a video of this guy of his TV <laughs> show and you're on there and the guy is telling you he loves you for the first time yeah, on television. Yeah, yeah you was know. was a little awkward. Yeah, it was a little awkward to be honest. I mean, he's... You're not still dating, right? No, we're not. We're I not. Mean, I don't know that I could have dated yeah. the guy after How that. Recent yeah, this? A couple was, years ago. Yeah, it was a couple years ago. You know what? John's a great guy. He actually has a great talk show himself. And I had done his talk show already. And then he said, come on. And then we started dating. We started dating uh, a little bit after that because I had a boyfriend before that. But he was actually really fun and really sweet guy. And then he asked me. And we, we started dating. And then he asked me to come on the show again. I was like, John, I just did this show. He's like, no, come on. And there's so many good things coming on right now. Let's do another one. So I went on the show. And then he live in front of a live audience and I had no idea because I went on you know going on as myself thinking we're just being professional here we're letting people right. know we weren't going to let people in on no it. I was just being doing an interview I was trying to be PC and be like just an interviewee and and then he professed his love to me and he did our he said we're going to do your, our first dance together and the whole thing I was like if you watch it I'm kind of like oh my oh, I saw. god Oh, I, I saw like, your face. I was literally just like, oh, oh my it was God. very awkward. All He's right, now- really sweet, though. I have a lot of love for him. He's a great guy, you know, but it was, yeah, it was a little bit like, uh, not on television. Tell me first you love me in real in real time. Hello, Z. Um, <laughs> all right, is it true you dated Brad Pitt and George Clooney? Okay, well, why do you want to know that? Who cares about that, well, Lisa? Well, I had a make-out session with George Clooney, so... <laughs> He's hot. Yeah, Georgie. Well, George, I've known for a long time because I studied acting with him when we were probably only 18 and 19. So we've been friends for years, and I've run into him like on the set of, I think, one of the ER or one of the shows when I'd be at Warner Brothers. And then we just like... I don't know. You just like I didn't see George as George Clooney, like the hunky, amazing, sexy. Yeah, sexy either did I when I had a makeout session with right. him. Right, but he actually, had a mullet. Oh my god, yeah. But he <laughs> actually is really seethingly sexy. He's a real man, and we just would connect every once in a while, and then we were just like, okay, friends with benefits. You again? <laughs> I mean, and what about Brad Pitt? 
and Brad, you know, Brad and I were just, we're actually really, we just had this really sweet, special kind of like uh, relationship. It was just like a nondescript thing. We would literally sit around together and play music and and do go to breakfast and go to do these like churchy things together. And I don't know. I just got, I feel was like. Was he I, bathing back then? Because uh, he doesn't smell the best. That's hilarious. You know, he was, he smelled okay. His room was a bit messy, like piled high with dirty socks, but he was adorable. I mean, Brad Pitt is like an amazing guy and actually a very deep, beautiful souled guy. So I'm happy. I'm proud of where he's been. I also worry about him sometimes. Have I you watch talked him. to him recently? I haven't seen him for a while now. I haven't seen him for a long time. After that, those periods, I and George I've run into, you know, but um, Brad is one of those people that well, there was a, like a long time, uh, you know, connection to him. I don't see him. Like, I don't know what happened to him. I wish I did stay connected to him more because he's a beautiful, souled guy. What would Tommy Pickles say about Brad Pitt? Brad, you're so ding ding and handsome and I'm... I just want to know that you're okay, okay? And that that's all. Just like, you know, she would just be like, who doesn't love Brad Pitt? He's incredible. Um, <laughs> and he, and he really likes babies. And I'm a baby. So there. And yeah, he's. He, I know he'd always like love babies. So I'm proud that he has a lot of kids now. But anyway, they're both amazing men. And I've been lucky to... Uh, I've been lucky to be friends with a lot of really cool people in this town. Well, I'm lucky to have you as a friend you, and Kara. to call you a Me friend. Too. Thank you. And I so appreciate you taking your time and coming to our little podcast. I love you, Lisa. I'm so happy. I, I love to do you this too. With you. you know, we ran into each other uh, at a Halloween party. My publicist and my we publicist. hadn't seen each other in. I, I'd run into you, I think, at the Golden Globes yeah. at a party at yeah. the Golden Globes before, but we really hadn't seen each other a lot since high school, and so that was really nice. So nice. And I'm so happy you reached yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, I was just like we were going to hang out or connect and yes. then I was like we should probably since I'm doing all this press right now I was like and I'd never done one with you I know so it's it was amazing. like really beautiful well, and perfect I'm just really really excited for Thank your you. act two if you will yay, yay. the research of the Rugrats yeah. the So Pretty Movement yeah. and everything E.G. Daily thank you so much welcome guys and you can find me of course at uh, Lisa Stanley 30 on Instagram Lisa K. Earth on Twitter and uh, we'll uh, see you around everyone yeah